Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street, Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson saying Happy Father's Day. This is June 19, 2022. And certainly we thank and praise God for it is the day. This is, yes it is, the day that the Lord has made. Our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., Thursday men focus. If you missed it last week, you're going to want to go back and listen to um, the cry that you never hear. And so I want you to join in with us on Thursdays for that, uh, you know, it's an open forum discussion that we have, and that's at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Saturdays at 11 p.m., 11.30 p.m. Uh, you can find us on kkla.com or 99.5 on your FM radio dial. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. And, and so at this time, we're going to go before the Lord in the word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. And we thank you for your grace. Thank you for waking us up this morning, giving us a reasonable portion of health, allowing us to see this day that was not promised. Lord, but for those that believe, we know that had you called us by name, we stand in your presence, Lord God, and we just honor you for your saving grace, for your mercy. Lord, and we pray for those that are that will be tuning in and those that are present, that you would bless them and be steadfast, unmovable, Lord God, abiding in your work. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now for your kindness, Lord, and Lord Jesus, and you caused the sun to rise today and to shine upon everyone. It doesn't matter what situation, what activities our behavior has been. You blessed us to see the sun, to feel the warmth of it, Lord God, or to feel the seasons for in our respective places where we are right now. Lord God, you brought us through, Lord Jesus, and we just here to say thank you. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would comfort those that need comforting in this hour, those that need healing. We ask that you would send your word, Lord God, and your word is enough to bring forth the healing. Lord Jesus, ask that you would bless us, Lord, to, to operate in this day, to navigate it with your wisdom, to navigate, Lord God, with a better understanding. Lord, you said if we acknowledge you in all of our ways, you would direct our path. Lord God, we may not have always known what that meant. And certainly I, I know that we haven't. Lord God, but I pray and ask that you would help us. Help us to walk with clear heads. Help us, Lord God, to stop and to think about our next move. And then to uh, talk to you about it. Lord Jesus, to evaluate it uh, against your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. To evaluate it against your word. 
and see that it lines up with your word. Lord Jesus said, we know if it lines up with your word that, that it's okay. Lord Jesus, but if it does not, that we stop and change direction. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. We appreciate you. Lord God, our hearts are, are overwhelmed. And Lord God, as we're rejoicing in you, Lord God, and rejoicing in your favor. Lord God, rejoicing in the things that you have blessed us with uh, spiritually and naturally, Lord God, we just thank you right now. And we just want to encourage others, Lord Jesus, to, Lord God, to, uh, to, to receive what you have, to maintain it, Lord God, and to allow you to be who you are, and that is sovereign in their lives. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, we'll have our opening scripture. Lord, who should abide in thy tabernacle? Who should dwell on thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly, and worketh righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up of reproach against his neighbor, and whose in whose eyes are vile person is content, but he that honor, that fear the Lord, he that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not, he that putteth not out of his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. And the Bible says, they and they continue daily with one accord in the temple breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and the reading of the word. Again, I want to thank you for joining us and making your presence, your online presence known and you know, want to encourage you that if you're looking for a church home, if you don't have a church uh, place of worship, want to encourage you to pray and to ask God to lead you to a place. Don't sit at home and say, I I "I'm waiting for the Lord to lead me." That's not going. That that's not going to happen like that. Uh, you're going to have to get up, and you're going to have to go. And, and so, if you're looking for a church home, I want you to know that uh, that. And you're looking for growth, you're looking for ministry, you know, want to invite you to join us in service. You know, certainly God is moving in this place. Uh, we don't, uh, you know, but if you're, I just really want to stress the fact that if you are, if you are not in the area, you pray and ask God to, for a place of worship, a place where you can go and you're not looking for people to be perfect. You're not going to find that anywhere. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And so we're all moving in a way of to perfection. But you want to be in a place where the word of God is being proclaimed. You want to be in a place where you can grow in, in what God has for you. You know, as far there are multiple gifts that God has. You know, preaching is not the only uh, calling. Uh, there are m many ministries uh, that 
that the Lord has spoken about in his word. And, and so you want to be in a place where God can use you and you can learn and know and understand about the ministry and what God expects while you're here. We're here for purpose. The Lord could have called us, remitted our sins, and took us on out of here. You know, but we're here for purpose. There's a reason that we remain. And so you want to, while in this time, while there's yet uh, breath, while there's yet the activity of your limbs, you want to you pour yourself out. Do all that you can uh, for as unto the Lord. And so, um, and, and that's ministry. Now, we haven't even gotten into the natural element of what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be acting because the man, the Bible said, if a man don't work, then he don't eat. But not only he don't eat, he can't buy things. He can't put a roof over his head. He can't put gas in his car, you know, but we're not, we're not going to go there and, and stay there. Just want you to know that just like the spiritual things, God is concerned about the natural things. We're going to go into the word of God after this song. You know, we want to worship the Lord. We want to yield ourselves to the to the, his spirit and what he has to say. And so while we are worshiping and, and thinking about the melody that is being sung and, you know, uh, this particular song. And, and so we don't want to hold back, but we want to set an atmosphere set of atmosphere that God can can move in that he can have his way that he can have his being and so with that being said
bless your Lord. Withholding nothing. You know, I, I'm, I, I think I've limited God for so long. But I, can you just see it in your mind's eye? This young man, William McDowell, ministering here. You know, you, you have to think of those things. And, you know, and so, you know, I look forward to that day. And so you, you need to mark that. I look forward to setting an, an environment, an atmosphere, a place where the people of God are coming together and viewing and understanding that there is nothing too hard for God. It doesn't start with a, a bunch of people. It starts with you. It starts with you. It doesn't start with, uh, you know, well, you know, uh, we, we don't have 10,000. No, don't start with 10,000. It doesn't start there. It starts with God and you. It starts with the dream. It starts with the vision. It starts with what God has put in your heart. You know, I remember when we were uh, going forward in ministry, we were looking for a place to, uh, so that the people of God can gather together. And, um, you know, there was opposition. And you, you're going to have opposition in life, period. Don't, don't ever think that you're not. The Bible said, if you uh, if you live right, you know, you're going to suffer persecution. That's opposition. So you're going to deal with some things. And so um, someone uh, that was supposed to be close to me was really um, being uh, an opponent. And so they made a statement and said, well, if God is with you and and, and, and they already knew as far as me and the ministry and everything, but they were really just expressing themselves. You know, people tell you what's in their heart. And he said, well, if God is with you, then, then he'll give you a place where it's not going to be a burden for, for you or anyone else on your family. And that's true. That's true. And they spoke those words in the same week. Someone gave us uh, an edifice to begin, and they said, grow your ministry. And uh, the edifice seats almost 200 people. And the price and the, uh, the use of it is not something that one individual can't handle by themselves and not be impacted. So see, those words that they spoke in their harshness came to pass as a prophetic word and work to our benefit. <laughs> so, but it starts with the individual because I was searching and seeking, you know, as my pastor who blessed me and put her blessing up on me said, you know, one thing you don't want to do and that's operate outside the parameters of the, the man or woman of God. You don't want to operate outside the parameters of what uh, of their blessing. Now, if you've been called by God to do anything, they will put their blessing upon it as they see it, as they see it. If it's not blessing, they will let you know. But if it is, and if they tell you no, sit down a little while, you sit down and you wait. You wait on it. You wait until they give you permission. Not Because anything outside that is your own pride. 
Anything outside of that is not humbleness. It's not humility. It's not humility. And so you always want to operate in humility because humility is how God raises up. He'll, he'll bring down those that are of a proud heart and he'll exalt those that are of a humble state of being. And so certainly we thank God for his, for that particular song, withholding nothing. I, I've expressed to my children that I'm not withholding any, I'm pouring it all out. I'm giving all that I have into ministry. Now, that does not exclude family life. That doesn't exclude uh, family relations. Sometimes people get that uh, confused or no one explained it to them that uh, that you do not exclude your family when you're involved in ministry. I'm in, I'm in the ministry now and, you know, and, and I don't have time. No, Jesus had time to spend with family and friends and associates. So that, that's a conversation for another day. And so we're going to go into the word of God. Withholding nothing, I surrender all to you. That's my heart. That's where I'm at. I'm going to surrender it all unto the Lord, withholding nothing. Again, happy Father's Day to, uh, to all of the fathers, practicing fathers. And Miss Dad, you know, those are the single females, the moms that have had to uh, be mom and dad, that have had to do both, you know, to the best of their ability. And I, I grew up in, in a home without a dad. And so as uh, many of you, and uh, our moms did a wonderful job doing the best that they could do whatever limitations they may have, knowledge-wise, they did their best. And some are growing up in homes with dads and don't have moms. And so they were um, uh, Mr. Mom on Mother's Day and they're doing the best of their ability. And they're crying out to the Lord for help and guidance, especially when it comes to, to, to the females. You know, as having daughters, yeah, I, I didn't mind doing laundry. Years I did laundry and, and everything until one day I picked up a garment and I quit at that moment. It, it was time to stop. There was things that dads do not. And so, <laughs> and so you know, my hat is off. When I see fathers, you know, I, I like spending my time out. Uh, I go to a coffee shop, I go to a bookstore, and I like reading on my passion and things that I like to read about, you know. And um, I learned about reading many years ago. Let me tell you what happened uh, so that you would understand uh, how important. I was I was a goofball in school. I didn't grab everything. that, And I, I did eventually, you know, make sure I had a high school diploma, and I did go to college later. But I, I was I was goofing it off. And so my son was expected and, uh, and uh, mom, she went into labor and, and we didn't have no one to take us to the hospital. The car had broke down, the Datsun B210, four cylinder, four speed, you know, 1974. That was the first car that was bought. And it blew the head gasket 
It was uh, antifreeze and stuff all on the floorboard of the car. You know, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't have the money to get it fixed or anything like that. And so I went to Pet Boys. And I said, well, if the mechanic is going to look at the, the specs on how to fix this engine, so can I. And I bought a book. And I read that book, and I read that book. Then I talked to some people, uh, a mechanic uh, at that time, uh, and he had some knowledge. He actually lent me his tools. I learned how to use a torque wrench, you know, things that I had not learned and knew what to do before. I even got electrocuted, you know, by the battery and the starter and stuff. And you know, fortunately, it didn't take me out or anything. But I felt the volts rise up from my hand through my shoulder. I read that book. And I rebuilt that engine. And after rebuilding it, I sold the car and got us something more reliable. But I drove it a thousand miles and, and then sold it. All from building it out of a book. And that may have seemed like a small thing to some, but that was a big thing for me. And from that moment, I understood the necessity and the importance of digging in to information and examining it and practicing it and trying it and going over it. And so I love books. I love books. I don't have as many books as some. You know, I walked into my, my godmother's garage that she had converted into her office and there were so many books that I, I just didn't, I didn't know what to say. One thing I did say within myself is that the information that she had uh, she hadn't even given us a teardrop of it. That's how much information was in her and the life that she lived uh, based upon what she had learned. And she was a publisher, a publisher of the word as well as a publisher and an accountant for many others and help help people come get out of situations. People would with 10 figures that helped them get out of situations that they found themselves in legally. And, and so, you know, um, so books is something that you cannot go without in from that information. And so that made me, so I, I like to go and sit down and read and, and spend that quiet time and thinking about what God has and what he has for me, because the Lord has so much more for all of us. And sometimes we get caught in a certain place and, and we have to really, and I'm really pressing and really and really stressing this, is, is that you not find yourself in that place. And, and so we're gonna go into the book of Samuel and Matthews this morning. I wanna di direct your attention there, Samuel the ninth chapter. I'm gonna go ahead and start reading the time is far spent and the agenda this morning, you know, I don't want to go in too far into the time and eat up some of the other things that need to be done. But the word of God says, now there was a man, and I'm starting at the first verse of the ninth chapter, first Samuel. There was a man, Benjamin, a man of Benjamin, not Benjamin, a man of Benjamin, whose name was Kish the son of Abel, the son of Zerah, the son of Bakur, the son of Alphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. 
And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man, a goodly man. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said unto his son, Take now one of the servants with thee and arise, go seek the asses. And he passed through Mount Ephraim, and he passed through the land of Shal Shalisha, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of uh, Shalim, and they, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they were not. And he said unto him, behold, I'm dropping to the sixth verse. And he said unto him, the conversation is between Saul and his servant. Behold, now there is in the city a man of God. His servant is letting Saul know that, that the city that we're nearby, the city, there is a man of God. And he is an honorable man. If you would, I would highlight that. He is an honorable man. He's an honorable man. And all, and all, which means all, everything, all that he saith surely happens. It comes surely to pass. Now let us go thither, preadventure. He can show us our way that we should go. This man is honorable. And whatever he says happens. I met someone like that. I was talking with my pastor and I asked my pastor about a gentleman who, uh, one of the bishops that will come and prophesy. And I asked her after, because he, there was many things that he had ministered to me about uh, in a, a private session uh, during a difficult time in life. And when I asked her about him, not that I doubted what he was saying, she said, whatever he tells you, you can bank on it. The years have gone by and the things that he had told me has been coming to pass. I've been watching him and there are some things that he said, I can't tell you but here are the instructions for it. And I've been following those instructions ever since. All that he says shall surely come to pass. Everything that says that is going to happen, it don't happen. I, I was talking with someone and they said they're still waiting for the seventh day where they were told that it's going to happen seven days from now and it hasn't happened yet. You know, three days from now, spin around, run around the church, jump over the pews, you know, do a cartwheel. It's going to happen. Listen, it shall surely come to pass. Let us go and preadventure that he show us our way that we should go. Now, the servant was clear. He said, preadventure. We hoping, we hoping. 
we're hoping that he tells us. There's a possibility that you go to the, the man or woman of God to the, uh, that, and they don't tell you what you were hoping to hear. There's always that possibility. Uh, we have somewhere along the line, we thought that, that they're going to tell us exactly what we wanted to hear. But there is a possibility that that's not so. The ninth verse says, before a time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, another area to under, underline, you're going to underline honorable, all that he said would surely come to pass. And, and, and also to pay attention to the fact that it may not, uh, not that his words, it's just he may not have a word for you. He may not have a word for you. Okay. You have to wait until God gives that word. Don't get upset. I, I've, I've talked to people. I've done, well, they prophesied to everyone. They didn't say nothing to me. And, you know, be careful. That spirit can catch it, attach itself to you. And you'll find yourself saying those things when the dependency is on God. Mighty God, bless your Lord. Before times in Israel, when a man went to inquire, underline that, a man went to inquire. Men, fathers, there's some things that you need to know. You need to go to God. You need to have a conversation with him. You need to spend and have some alone time with the Lord to talk to him about you, to talk to him about your wife, talk to him about her. She may have some concerns that she expressed to you. You go to God and talk to him about that. When women found themselves not bearing fruit, having a child, uh, the man at times would go and pray, go and talk to the Lord about that physical woman that he married and her not having a child. And it made a difference. You, when a man went to inquire of God, you ought to go inquire of him. Thus he spake, come and let us go to the seer. Now, in those days, they were called seers. I, I am a seer. Now, I'm not just saying that because I, I say that because I do see things. I do see and I hear what the Lord shows me and tells me. Today, it is referred to or called a prophet. And so... Uh, in those days, the Bible points this out. And, and so you don't want to just walk past this. The 10th verse says, then said Saul to his servant, well said, yeah, that's a good idea. Let us go. So they went up to the city where the man of God was. Are you going to the place where the man of God is at? And I, I say man, but I mean whomever God is using male or female, because he said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. God has no respect to person. There's neither male nor female. And so, uh, and so they went unto the city where the man of God was. You need to get off your do nothing stool, your comfort zone, I'm comfortable listening to online service. Many are, and that's because they can't, they don't have a choice. But those that do have a choice, 
you need to come up to where the, the man or the woman of God is at. Now, the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came. So there, Saul was on his way, but Samuel already knew. He already understood that, that he was about to have an encounter with an individual. Now, Matthews, the seventh chapter, says, ask, seventh verse and eighth verse, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And for those that are looking for a prophetic word this morning, I'm looking for a prophetic word. I'm looking for a word from the man of God. I'm looking for him to speak something into my life. I'm looking for him to speak something over me. And so for those that are looking for a prophetic word, you're not going to find a more reliable word or from a more reliable source than that which has already been given. And here it is. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and he that knocketh it shall be opened. I don't think you're going to find a more reliable word than that. You're not going to find it from anyone that may have a reputation, that may have been given a name, a prophet Alf, a bishop Alf, prophetess Alfia, or whatever. You're not going to find a more reliable word than that which have been spoken already by the Lord. Everyone that asks receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. I just want to remind you uh, this morning to look for it. We're just going to sum it up and look for it. Look for it. Now, hope is a feeling of expectation. It is a desire for a certain thing to happen. It is something you look for. I'm looking forward to it. There are some things in my heart that I am looking forward and looking for them to occur. What are you looking for this morning? Or maybe it's the evening or night. And I appreciate you, uh, those that are far away that are tuning in and listening to. What are you looking for? What do you expect to happen? I hope that there are some expectations. You know, we insult, we, we insult God because we walk in and out of his presence with no expectations at all. You know, they used to say, give your faith a job. And we walk in and out without giving our faith something to do. Or we say, I'm having faith, but we're not working on We're not. So we walk with no expectation of a manifestation except that of a of a quickening. Oh, didn't the Lord move? That person was 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 rolling all over the floor and they was just dancing. You know, they was able to get their dance on that. They've been practicing at home in front of the mirror. You know, and all of that, you know, when the anointing moved upon, I'm looking for more than a quickening. The Bible said the children of Israel sat down and ate. They sat down and they had a good meal. They heard the word of God. They went through a service. 
But afterwards, they got up to play. They, they went on to do what they wanted to do. What expectation do you have of God? Your hope is not, cannot, and should not be based upon people. I've been there. I've been there. I don't mind talking about myself and using myself as an example. You know, I've had some hiccups where I've misunderstood some things or, you know, I missed the mark and, you know, and I've learned from the experiences that I've had and I've learned to put my trust in Jesus. You know, that's what the songwriter said. And I believe they got it from the word of God that I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Your hope is not and cannot and should not be based upon people. People may have the best intention, but there are limitations. Someone could make you an offer and say, you know, I, I have something for you. And before they could get it to you, something else occurs. And so it impacts the situation. And, and so that expectation that it was that you had in that individual is not met. Psalms 146, three and five, thank you, Lord. Says, put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man, in whom there is no help. There are some things that people cannot help you with. It, it is a, uh, there are many situations that we have in our mind that someone can help us that are really God only. And it was, he designed it and set it up to be a God-only situation so that you can and will come to him. His breath goeth forth. He returneth to the earth, man. And that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that have the God of Jacob, the God of Israel, for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. My hope your hope, what we need, as they said, God's got it. What you need, God's got it. What you need, God's got it. Well, you know, we can sing that song for the next 15 minutes as we, as we have done in services. You know, sometimes we look and we laugh at, and sometimes we just sing the chorus of a song over and over again until we're lathered all up in it, you, you know? And, and, and so, uh, but our hope is in the Lord. Now, God does not have limitation. He doesn't have limitations. Uh, this is his truth. Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Have he said, and shall he not do it? Have he spoken? And shall he not make it good? You know, I, I'm reminded of, of a, a, a couple growing up in Pasadena. I, I recall a young man who was, you know, he was a comedian. And, you know, and, you know, sometimes when people talk about their dreams and their goals, others would look and laugh at them. But this young man was, was dating a young lady and, you know, back in the day and, and they laughed at him, his family you know, they laughed at him and, you know, and he was serious about the relationship, you know, but the family's like, well, you know, he, he wants to be this in life. And, you know, that, that don't pay the bills, you know, so the one closest to him was laughing at him and eventually let him go. They thought his goals was unreachable. 
so he lost his, his girlfriend, or I don't know if she was going to be his fiance eventually, but uh, you know, and but since then, since then, he's had his own sitcom. Since then, uh, he's hosted shows and, and was listed as one of the original king of comedies. And so, uh, you know, while others may laugh at you and your goal and what you are attempting to do, uh, even some will laugh with you. And there are others that will be laughing at you because they cannot see it. You know, uh, but all it takes for you to know where you want to go in the direction that you are headed is a glance. Can't you see yourself, the thing that you're looking for? Can you see yourself occupying it in this moment? You need to take yourself right now and put yourself in that position that you desire to be in. Now, make sure that when you put yourself in that position, uh, that you are that you got all the boxes checked. Let me be clear. You got all the boxes checked. Everything you're covering, everything that needs to be covered. I was talking to a young man, and and, and I know he did not like what I was telling him, but uh, you know, some it was a little painful, but it was a reality. You know, the reality is this: is that if you have a bad record, if you have something in your history that you know, as an especially as an adult. There are some things you can apply for. You know, you're not going to become mayor of the city because they're going to look at that and they're going to criticize you and it's going to drag you through the mud. So you can't become mayor of the city, you know, because, you know, and you got a record of, of, of abuse. You got a record of different. Listen, listen. But it doesn't mean that you cannot be successful because you have turned your life around. We need to deal with that. We need to be for real about those things and so while others may laugh at you and talk about you and you know and, and make fun of you you know it doesn't mean that your vision and what god has for you and where you saw yourself will not come to pass when you had that glance of who you were when you had that glance and that desire that dream that vision that unction, when you felt it and you looked at it, that's the thing that you should be looking for. Now, we're talking about dealing with the reality of things. Everything that we deal with, we're dealing with the reality. And what God has for you is for you. You can obtain, you can receive it. You can believe it because the word of God has already told us that he'll make it good that it shall come to pass. Uh, it didn't say anything about it being stopped. Shall he not make it good? Yes, he will. Lord, you will make it good. I know you're going to make it good. And so that's why I am uh, building. Uh, that's why I am preparing. That's why I am documenting. That's why I am making notes of those things because I'm in preparation of that new birth. I'm in preparation of receiving that which is going to be birthed out of me both naturally and spiritually. Bless your Lord God. I'm in preparation. I've already started saving up some, some formulas. I've already started setting aside some, uh, some, some nice wear for, for it. I've already started doing some things and, and building up to that expectation.
Samuel says, the word of God says, that this man, ben, this, the, the man of Benjamin, this man was a mighty man. He was renowned. And so he had a son named Saul. And Saul was a handsome man, a good looking man. Saul uh, had some height on him. You, you know, as they used to say, I don't know if they still say this, and they probably don't. I, I've heard them say this. And so, you know, um, you know, tall, dark, and handsome. You know, I don't know what vernacular may be used for that today, but, you know, uh, but you understand what I'm saying. Whatever your flavor is, because they said beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And, and so when they beheld Saul, they said that the, the brother was, was good looking. And, you know, and so he may have been one that would have been selected to be on the bachelorette or to be on the bachelor, you know, the, the show uh, because of his appearance, uh, noticeably and, and physically fit among his peers. And, and so uh, uh, his, some of his father's uh, livestock, a few of the asses were missing. And so him and his, the servant went out looking for them to retrieve those animals. The search was not going well. Sometimes the search is not going well. We're looking, but it may not be going as you expect. They may have expected that they, they go out and maybe walk a mile or so and there the asses are over there grazing in the grass as a gas, you know, and you know, and, and so they may have been out, they may have expected to be a short trip, but it turned into them going from city to city, looking for those asses that must have been distinctly marked so that they could identify them as belonging to their uh, to their father Cush. It wasn't going well. When you're looking, you may hear some no's. I recently went to an appointment and I knew that it did not go well. And, you know, I said within myself and I shared it with someone else that unless someone comes into that same appointment that I was at and uh, do works, go beneath all that I had just did, <laughs> there's no way that, that they're even going to consider me for what I was asking for. So sometimes it doesn't go well. And so you have to uh, know that. Sometimes you may hear a few no's. Uh, sometimes the search will, can wear you down. Don't be weary in well-doing, but you'll feel it. You'll feel the weight of it. You know, so in your job searching, because searching is a job, or learning how and preparing a business plan is laborious. It is mentally exhausting. Uh, you can do physical labor and be worn out physically and not, but you start doing mental labor, it will put you down. It'll put you down. They met both natural to meet both natural and spiritual goal there must be a willingness to accept guidance sometimes we want to do it all on our own and we want to you know I, I, I've got it you know I just graduated college and you know I'm going to do it I'm going to go to this job interview 
let me ask you this. Did you stop and at this day and time and do your homework on the company that you are going to visit? Did you engage someone that already has the experience that you're trying to, that you would like to have and, and, and glean from them so that you know what to talk about? You know, there's a commercial, um, it's, a, it's a razor commercial. It, well, actually, there's two. There's two commercials. One is that uh, the, the young man is sitting in the waiting room to go to an interview, and he's looking at everybody, his competitors that are there, and he happened to look up at the picture uh, on the wall, and the gentleman that, uh, th that whose name is there of the company that they're going to be interviewing with, uh, he had his ball. And so he immediately goes into the bathroom. I don't know where he bought the razor from. He went downstairs to the first floor, but he had time. And he went in the bathroom and shaved his head so that he could match what the interviewer would be. There's another commercial similar to that, that about the university, where the person that he was interviewing with, he realized the school that they went to. And so he made sure to... Uh, to say and to wear something that displayed that similarity. We have something in common. When you walk into your business meeting, do not look at an interview as an interview. You are going to a business meeting. You are a business professional. And so you're going to walk into that as a business meeting and not an interview as if this is your first time meeting these people. And it may be so. But you're going to make them feel comfortable with you as you are with them. Then you're going to take a deep breath afterwards when you get out. Listen, the Bible said to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instructions of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and, discre and discretion, a wise man will hear. I know there's some wise men listening right now. There's some, some missed dads, you know, remember single uh, females that are raising sons that are listening right now. Wise men will hear and will increase learning. You can never and will never rise above your knowledge. So you have to increase learning if you're going to elevate. And a man of understanding shall attain to wise counsel. So you got to listen to someone and not be a know-it-all. You can't be a know-it-all. You know, on our Thursdays, in our Thursday talks, we, we, we always make it plain to know that we're not know-it-alls. We just kicking some stuff around. I'm just kicking some stuff around this morning. You know, like, like the children of Israel, uh, that they were, they, they kicked as they traveled through the wilderness, they kicked a rock and, and Paul said that rock was Jesus. And so we just kicking some stuff around right now, okay? And so they realized that they needed some help, the servant and, and saw. They realized that some help was needed. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. When you realize that you need some help, stop. You know, they say when you catch fire, stop, drop, and roll. But the fire, you need to stop, drop, and, you know, that's, if any time, that's a time to stop, drop, and roll. You need some help. I need some help. I need some help. There's nothing wrong with you saying, I need some help realizing that 
Let me tell you, he is a present help in a time of trouble. That's when you pick up the phone and call someone that has some good sense. You pick up the phone and call someone that has some good reason and rationality, some good wisdom to share with you. Not someone that is going to tell you what you want to hear. Well, you know, girl, uh, uh, man, you know, don't don't worry about that, man. Man, I hear what you're saying. You know, they will. Uh, in other words, they co-sign your feelings. You're not looking for anyone to co-sign your feelings. That is going to cause you to become stagnated. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. We're not looking for our feelings to be cold. Our feelings have gotten us in trouble. Rationality, thinking logically, is what keeps us from getting in trouble and helps us stay out of trouble. They realized they needed some help. There's nothing wrong with asking for the help. When preparing for that interview, when preparing for a situation, when preparing for something, even in your relationship, when you are preparing, I met somebody. Well, well don't keep it to yourself. When you keep it to yourself, that's a problem. Why are you keep? Why would you keep it to yourself? Why would you not introduce that individual to those to your associates and those that you are in fellowship with? Why would you not? Bring them to church. Why would you not take them around others? Gentlemen, ladies, if he is just wants to be, baby, I just want to be with you alone. That is a red flag. Negro, no. Sorry, I had a moment there thinking about my daughters. No, no. You need to talk to dad. You need to talk to me because just like your sister, gentlemen, your sister can read that woman and tell you if she is right or wrong. So can that man. He can read that brother and let you know if he is right or wrong. Okay, let's go on from now. Talking to someone that have been there and done that makes a difference. Becoming part of a team and attending seminars prepares for us for success. Learning what to do, thinking outside the box, moving in a direction. God is an outside the box God. Uh, don't box him in. Don't, don't box him in. Uh, cornerstone might be in the name, but he is not being boxed. He is the chief cornerstone and everything is built all around him. But we're not boxing him in where he cannot expand the territory. Now, Becoming part of the learning that includes in ministry. So it's both natural and spiritual. There was the school of the prophets and vocational skills. There are books, libraries, online tutorials, as well as schools to attend night school. You don't have to try to take all classes at one time. You can just take one. You may not be able to just do the one, but keep it moving. Learn something. And so the Bible says that, behold, there, there's a, a city, a man of God is in the city. And they, he's an honorable man. And what he said will surely come to pass. And he can show us our way if he would, if he has a word from God. If he actually have heard from the Lord that he might show us, preadventure that. We're going to inquire of him. We're going to find out if this seer 
have seen what we're looking for. Sometimes you walk right into the presence of a person. I was in the office one day and I, a woman, this was some years ago, a woman walked by me after telling the boss and everyone that she was going to be on vacation and uh, that she was going back home to, uh, to China. And she walked by me. And as she walked by me, I told her, I said, you didn't go to China. That woman followed me for two days trying to figure out what did I know about her? No, she didn't go to China. She went to San Francisco to a job interview. I didn't know that, had no knowledge of that. We didn't talk besides a high and by and uh, casual, but there was no indication. But when she walked by me and I told her that you did not go to China, you went somewhere else. She understood in that moment that I knew something that was not shared among anyone. And it became a concern to her that I would not say anything. I didn't say anything to anyone. At that, she told me what, what she did and I applauded her for that. You don't have to lie to do anything. You don't have to share all your business with anybody, but you don't have to lie about it, okay? Uh, you could have just took some vacation days and went to that same interview. Uh, and so listen, listen. And, and so the Bible says, so they went to the city and they found the man of God who was there. And the Lord had told Samuel, uh, that this was going to happen. When you need help, you don't want to check with Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get out of here. You don't want to go to Facebook and read what others have written about it. Uh, what's the latest tweet? Uh, no, uh, you don't, don't wonder what the social media influence are talking about. That's not important. What they say is a fad. Fads come and go. Some of the same fads that people have right now are things that we did when we were children. We did when we were young adults. And here it is, it has made its circuit around. It's come back all over again. Well, the, the city, there was a man of God. And he was not fleecing the people of God. He was not molesting the people of God because the Bible said that he was an honorable man. Are you an honorable man this morning? Are you a man of integrity? One that walks the walk. It's not enough to talk it. It's not enough to quote it. But do you walk the walk? Do you put your mouth where your money is? Or are you just putting on a good show? God's not looking for a show, but he's looking for someone that know how to keep their house. A man, a vessel of honor, uh, not a vessel of dishonor, but an honorable man, a man of integrity, a man that will look at his own life and judge himself. Yeah, you ought to look at your life and judge yourself sometime. You ought to look at your life and Realize that my eyes should not have wandered over there. Uh, the Bible said that Job had made a vow uh, with himself that I'm not going to look at another woman. Uh, I got my own woman at home. I got my own girlfriend. I, I got my own family and children to think about. And, and so he made a vow to himself. He was a man of integrity. 
The Bible said that, that he was, that Samuel was an honorable man, that he served the Lord. When his, uh, when his uh, mentor, Eli's uh, sons were uh, abusing the money and abusing the women and abusing the, the office and position in which they had. The Bible said that Samuel stood strong and that Samuel uh, held on to uh, serving the Lord day and night. He didn't participate in the shenanigan of others, but he was committed unto God. And therefore, he was a man of honor. Are you a man of honor today? Can you leave the shenanigans alone? Can you leave what others are doing and, and not going along with, uh, uh, with what everybody else is, is saying is all right to do? There's nothing wrong with going against the grade. There's nothing wrong with going against those things. If you're going to get up close and personal with God, you're going to have to let some things go. And you're going to have to be a person, a man of integrity. I believe David was a person of integrity. Because the Bible said that uh, that besides the hiccup that he had, besides the one incident that people like to dwell on, uh, that he followed God and he did all that God commanded him to do. And so today on this day, uh, this 19th day of 20 June 2022, uh, you need to check yourself. Am I an honorable person? My children might say I'm honorable. Uh, my, 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 your wife might say you're honorable. Uh, your family associates might say you're honorable. And, and that's good. But at the end of the day, when you're by yourself, when there's nobody else around, when, when things are settled down, will you be able to look at your own heart and say I'm honorable? Uh, it's not enough because we're not trying to pull the wolves over everybody's eyes. But uh, at the end of the day, I want God and you want God to be able to say that you're an honorable person. Uh, the Bible said that all that he said came to pass. That's because he honored God and God honored him. Uh, he lived a life in which when he spoke it, God backed him up. You got to live that life. You got to live a life that, that as you walk down the street, you might pass by somebody and they might be feeling a little ill in their body, but just because your shadow passed by them, that all of a sudden they begin to feel better. They may not understand why. Uh, they may not have even paid attention that it was you that passed by. You might have felt a little weakness that hit you. A little virtue went out of you. You might have realized what happened yourself. Uh, but they passed by your shadow. And they felt the healing that went on. I believe that's what Peter, uh, Peter experienced that multiple times. The Bible said that they would bring the sick out and put them in the streets. That as he passed by, that if his shadow should touch them, that they would be healed. Uh, you ought to be an honorable man, an honorable person, so that God can use you. That all the things that you say, not that you're wishing anything bad on anybody, but, but God will back you up because you know the right things to say at the right moment. Oh, my God, that he might show us our way. Uh, that when the time come that, that there's a word that is needed from the Lord, that he might give it to you. Israel will go up to battle. And, and the word of God says that, that they were told, don't go. And, and so they went on their own because they were caught in their own flesh. As they said, they were filling themselves. But they, they, when they got there, they, they got the behind spanked. And they wind up running back to the man of God. 
Oh, bless your name, Jesus. You got to follow what God is saying. You got to follow what, what the word that God says. You may not like what he has to say, uh, but I'm telling you it's good for you. I, I don't think any of us can say we like it all the time. Uh, but God knows what's best. You, you know, uh, back in the day, and uh, you know, I've seen the commercials about it. Uh, someone can bear witness, and uh, but they, it was a, a show that said Father knows best. And I believe that God, uh, the Father of all creation, that he knows best. Bless your Lord Jesus. Mighty God. They went to the city to see the man of God. To see what he had to say. You ought to go to the city. You know, it's not enough to just send and say and send in a prayer request. Now, don't 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 get me wrong. You ought to request prayer. If you have a prayer request right now, you ought to you ought to comment it in. But you it's nothing wrong with going, saying, Lord, here I am. You know, I, I'm not going to finish everything that I, I'm saying. But listen, I, I remember my godfather. He said, you know, there was a young man and he would walk by this church. Not, not this church, but walk by the church there. <laughs> and he would stick his head in the door and say, hey, Jesus, this is Johnny. And he would do that daily as he walked by. That was just his thing. Well, the day came that Johnny got sick. Johnny couldn't walk by the church and say, hey, Jesus, this is Johnny. But Johnny heard a voice that said, hey, Johnny, this is Jesus. Bless your Lord. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come to a close. But listen, you look for it. Look for it. I had co-workers that teased me when I was on the job. Some said that I'm taking my goal too seriously. My goal was much higher than theirs. I remember being teased and saying, you know, study, study long, study wrong and stuff like that. But I kept on. Besides my Bible, my understanding of, uh, of the skill sets was a priority because that's what you're going to make a living off of, your skill sets. And I looked for what I wanted. One day, the CFO, the chief financial officer, uh, he's a bishop in the Mormon church, and I had asked him for assistance and just uh, opening a door for me to even get into an interview process with the, with the particular department, the IT department at that time. And one day he told me, he said, you know, he said, a prophet is without honor in his own house. Now, I understood what that meant. He, and, and so uh, those words disrupted my comfort zone because I understood exactly what he was saying. And so I took action, I took action. I went outside. I actually went to the sister company and transferred there and I got out the comfort zone. But not only did I hit the goal that I was looking for when I moved out of the comfort zone, but I entered into another place that I did not anticipate. I went from, from that time, went on to become the director of IT and data engineering. I was hired on the spot for the position. 
They gave me a blank check and said, here, what do you want as a salary? It wasn't until I moved out of the comfort zone that this happened. What I was comfortable in was became uncomfortable so that God could make me comfortable. You see, I wouldn't, I, I felt like some of you that feel sometimes inadequate. I didn't feel like I could do it. Uh-huh. I didn't feel that I could accomplish the goal. I didn't have a college degree as others. Some don't know that. I, I didn't, I, no, I didn't have a college degree when I entered into the role. I went to school. I didn't go back to college until after, until after I had obtained the position. I took the self-initiative. I was reading dummy books and learning and exercising the skill set and investing in the computers and doing stuff that because that was my passion. That was what I wanted to do. And, and I, I know this will help you as well. And so I fought going to the interview and, and everything. And finally, the man, uh, the, the person that I had never met to this day, who was trying to get me to go to this company, to interview this company, said, God wants you to have this job. And so I, I agreed and went and was hired on the spot. It's interesting because, uh, because in all my feeling inadequate and, and all of that, the person that was interviewing me in that moment said that as they began to question and we talk, was talking about troubleshooting issues, they said, you're glowing. I see your face shine every time you start talking about troubleshooting the system. There's an excitement about that. That was God. That was not me. That was God. He gets that glory. And I still yet tell that testimony. I've shared that testimony with coworkers that God provided this, even in the midst of, of even being threatened to be fired. Mm-hmm because of a disagreement, I had permission to do something from the owner, but there was someone else above me in a higher position that disagreed. And, but I had to rely on the fact that God gave me that. You can't do anything until God says yes. My responsibility is to make sure that I, that since I know what exists, how to conduct myself, and that is to yet be a person of honor you're a person of honor because of the sovereign God that you serve. We have some goals. Now, I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer in this, that, that God does not want the church, that this physical building, the pastor, the leadership to evolve and to, to come up to certain things, I, you know, and the people, the people don't come up to. No, like people, like priests, get that in your spirit. Like people, like priests. If your pastor is elevating, is coming up naturally and spiritually, guess what? You should be coming up naturally and spiritually too. The pastor is putting the word out there. I'm teaching what I'm telling you. I'm also practicing. I'm also doing. So, you should be practicing and doing as well. 
so that if I go out and get a new Pinto, you should be able to go out and get a new Pinto eventually, okay? So we that, that's an inside something that we were laughing about earlier. And, and so God wants his people to come up. And he says, he, he says the author is word. I was speaking to someone and they, they said, if the Lord will. No, let me tell you, for those that say, if the Lord will, let me tell you what his will is. I would that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. So you already have received a prophetic word from, from Pastor Henderson today. Uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 26 and 5 says, and he sought God in all the days of Zechariah, and he understood and he under and had understanding in the visions of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he saw, as long as we, 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 all of us seek the Lord, he's going to prosper us because in our seeking him, we're going to do right things. We're going to pay our bills on time. We're going to uh, get rid of derogatory credit. We're going to we're going to work on those things that we need to work on so that we have so that we walk in righteousness. See, that's what the scripture talk about. First, seek ye the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness is not talking about you spending time on your knees praying and doing nothing. It's talking about the fact that you're praying and doing at the same time. You're doing what is right. Second Chronicles 31 and 21 says, and every work that he began in the service of the house of God, this is where I feel like dancing right now. I feel like running around the church. In every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered. As we look, look for it and look for it. You're going to look for it. We're not just walking and talking. No, no, you're going to look for it. We're looking for some things right now. Our eyes are wide open. Now, now I know everybody whose eyes is open don't mean they're not asleep. And some people got their eyes closed and they woke too. Listen, we're looking for God to do something. And in the process of while we're looking for him, you see, you can't find the favor of God if you don't look for it. You cannot obtain the thing that you're looking for if you're not out shopping for it. But right now, we're out shopping for some things. We're setting aside some things to expand uh, ministry, to be a blessing to the people of God. And so we solicit your prayers. We're soliciting your prayers in, in what we're doing. And I just want to encourage you, remind you to look for it. Look for what God has. I don't expect to grow and prosper in God without you growing and prospering too. So I'm, gonna, I'm taking you by the hand. I can't do it physically. If you were here, we would all lock hands. But I, I want to take you by the hand and say, let's all grow and prosper. Let's all grow as we just read the closing scriptures of Chronicles that, that with the understanding and the vision that God has. What is the vision God has? He has a natural vision because you have a goal and your goal is tied into what God wants you to have. And that is to 
uh, to be in health as, as to prosper both naturally and spiritually. And you're going to seek the Lord and God's going to make you to prosper because you're going to do what is right. Doing what is right means that when you feel like sitting down watching TV, you're going to turn it off and, and you know, and, and go all, go do what you need to do. In preparation, God said it, we believe it, and we're going to prepare for it. And so I just want to close out with those things that we're looking for. Now, in looking, it takes time. It takes time. When I was looking to do some things, I knew that that it would take about a year, a year and a half to do it. And so I, uh, and, and, and everything fell in line. You set goals and you walk in those things. What does the scripture tell us? It says, this is that prophetic word. You, you needed a prophetic word. You need, I need a prophetic word. Here it is. As and it shall be given, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and everyone that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Mighty God, bless your name, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your grace today. How you have blessed us, Lord God, to exalt, exhort your word, Lord Jesus, and for all those that have joined in and listening, Lord God, and those that are praying with us and, and praying for us, Lord God, and you know each individual name by name. You know where they are right now, the situations, the conditions that they're facing. The Lord God, you understand, Lord God, and, but Lord, we just thank you. We bless your name, Savior, and ask that you would bless us with the ability to help. Lord God, not just the spiritual man, Lord God, but we want to be able to help the natural man as well. Lord Jesus, not just with words, but through action, Lord God, through substance. Lord, we want to be able to join in and partner with others, Lord God, to, to be able to, to supply the needs of, of the natural man as well as you have given. Lord God, for you said that, that, that he that gives to the poor lends unto you. Lord God, we want to do it from the bottom of our hearts because we know that it's what is right, Lord God. And so we're asking, Lord God, as we position and as we move ourselves, as we maneuver, Lord God, to be in that way, Lord God, beginning here and spreading abroad, Lord Jesus, in the hands of those that are already involved, Lord Jesus, we just pray and ask, Lord God, as for your help and your assistance in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for... Uh, for the new place, for the souls that are entering in. We thank you, Lord God, for the, Lord God, for the expansion that you are, uh, that you're bringing unto us, Lord God. We just thank you. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, if there's any sick that is among us, Lord God, if there's any that are grieving right now, Lord God, we just ask that you would bless and comfort their hearts, Lord God, that you would meet the needs. Lord God, bless the antidote that is needed to assist Lord God, in the situations to be administered in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray against misdiagnosing anything. Lord God, that you will give your direction and understanding, Lord God, to those that are assisting, whether it is in counseling of the mind or in counseling of the physical body. Lord God, we just pray and ask that you will bless this, your people, in Jesus' name. We'll be careful to give your name the praise and to give you glory. Amen. God bless you. Love somebody, text someone, call someone, pray for them. Let them know don't stop it. Don't stop, but keep looking for it.
God bless you, Lord. Say the same. We're back on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, that is our Bible. Our Tuesday Bible study is the book of Genesis. Be blessed. And again, happy Father's Day to all. Uh, and, and Sometimes you just come at a loss of words. God bless you. Bye. <laughs>